bed Ain't got no time for waiting I'm living for today and I'm saying Ain't got no time to be complaining I said I'm always on the move I gotta do what I gotta do Keep shining with your hands in the sky Get serious. It's serious now. Serious business. I'm X. I'm Dory. And this is a tribe called West. Woo Hola. So, um, this week has been crazy. Uh, first and foremost, we have to start off with R.I.P. to Fife Dog. Man, that's our namesake. Yeah. A tribe called Quest. Yeah, if y'all didn't know him, the five foot five Fife Dog, he was um he was a member of the infamous legendary group of Tricock uh, Quest, and he uh, passed away on March 21st, I believe, and it was due to diabetes, um, which is something I know I'm passionate about, health, and he admitted to, like, his food addiction, and um, it's uh, it's crazy how, you know, food can be just a slow killer and how important it is, especially within the black and Hispanic community. So, R.I.P., to uh, Five Dog. We love you and we thank you so much. Without a Tribe Called Quest, there would be no a Tribe Called West. It would be no. It would be, we're nothing without y'all. We're nothing without y'all. So, no. And then, you know, to speak of famous rap groups, mm-hmm. they're one of my favorites. But, um, Outkast. Yeah! The, the Art of Organized Noise. What is he? Yeah, we, um, if y'all haven't seen it, y'all have to go see it. It's on Netflix. If you don't have the password, somebody's the real MVP on your team. Yes. <laughs> and you need to run that email and log in and password and go see it. It's awesome. It is awesome. First, I did. I had no idea that they, like, had did so much within the music industry. Mm-hmm. Like, I solely thought they were just in charge of Goody Mobs and Outkast's career. Right. I definitely did not know that they did Waterfalls. And in Vogue, what's it gonna be? I had no idea. I had no idea. And I feel like the West Coast, we was on that Southern rap tip because um, we just love that whole funk to fire. Like that whole funk and like that Southern player, you know, Cadillac music. That that was really our thing. So I know, well, I'll say when I first got introduced to Outkast was on the box when I saw Rosa Parks and Under 3000 was just weird. And they had these African dances and I was just like, oh my God, I love this. And it was like, everybody moved to the back of the book. I was like, who are these people? Like, it's so dope. So that's when I first got introduced to outcast and i was like i'm obsessed my first introduction to outcast i would say elevators hearing that song mm-hmm. like i knew that was outcast but i didn't like really like be like okay i love this group right. until i heard miss jackson Ooh. and seeing the miss jackson video oh every God. single morning before going to school and like literally that's one of the first rap songs that i knew all the words to wow Miss jackson like i know all the words yeah. to that song and like then from then on, I was like, "Oh, I'm obsessed with them. I need to know everything about this group." Like, stay I mean, on ya. Speaker Box, The Love Below was the cadence of our entire like junior year high school. Like, excuse me, crazy, crazy, like Love that. It. I mean, behold a lady. I mean, it's going to play when I walk down that aisle. <laughs> I think my favorite song from The Love Below is probably pretty pink uh, she lives in my lap okay she lives in my lap i, I love, love she lives in my lap i love andre 3000 and uh bae. big boy oh, he's so bad easily bad easily bad um oh and some some people don't know miss jackson that was andre 3000 song to eric Badu's mother yes <laughs> people don't know that but yes. yes that was his song there his old time so but the art of organized noise is crazy because we saw rico everywhere you hear his name and nobody really know who rico way was and it's ray and it's sleepy brown and I got introduced to Sleepy Brown on I Like the Way You Move. Like, yeah. that's when I first saw him or whatever. Um, I kind of didn't like Sleepy Brown because he looked like my birth father. Like, they looked oh, just alike. So I was just like, I don't care about what he's doing. I was <laughs> like, bro, I don't know you. I was like, you look like you probably. I said, is that my dad? <laughs> Not paying none of this darn child support. Dang. <laughs> and my dad's on the box. Right. You know, but. Right. Um, no shade to see Brown, I love you. But um, the Art 
organized noise, like what I love about what he did, which is something we talked about last week's episode, is he was very fair. And yes. he said, yes. I didn't take publishing from people. It was like, he was like, I wrote all of the hooks on uh, Southern Playlist and Cadillac Music. Yeah. Like, Outcast first album. He said, I could have had 75%, but I said, no, I'll take 50. They take 50. And he said, you know, I didn't do, and he mentioned, he said, I didn't do what Diddy and LA Reed and all these other people do. I don't take publishing because yeah. that's not, I wanted to be fair. And the Dungeon family, like, they literally was in a dungeon. It was like dirty. It was musty. Like, people were sleeping on top of like, like, cods and air mattresses. But it was like, we pumping out this music. Like, yeah. It's just, we focused. They said that the walls, were like dirt like dirt like it wasn't even a finished basement and they were just under there probably like (coughs) dying right and it was catching bronchitis and whatnot but you know what i love (laughs) hepatitis you know what i love what rico said every time he said like and you know we gotta check for like 120 dollars man i bought all of us some chicken chicken and weed some weed like you know my thing is like it was all about the family unit and i love they were in the trenches together which is a beautiful which is a beautiful thing and you see what happened when they got some money yeah things shift it was a shift shifted and things things shifted and things change not only on the outside but in the inside and the fact that once they got money they weren't able to collaborate together and they realized that if we're not doing it together it's not gonna work it's not gonna work at all and it was reflected in the music yeah because Rico was like he was like the head and what I love Big Git said he said let me tell you something he was like he said with that southern shout out to Goody Ma Come and get yourself Alright Like y'all need to get on that Goody Mob is the the roof Everything I love them Um, But the thing is Big Gibbs said You know We all knew Rico was a leader And everybody was okay with that He said He said you know what He said back then The producer wanted to make music He was like The artist was the artist The writer wanted to write Now the executive Everybody wants to be a star Everybody Everybody wants to be a star He said everybody played their role In the Dungeon family And that's what it was And it was just kind of like what was crazy too is Outcast when they got on Rico even mentioned this like when they when Speakerbox Love Below was created they told Organized Noise like we don't want y'all to be a part of it. like we want to do it ourselves that went diamond and they're the only rap group to ever get album of the year ever yeah they were the and first. were able to thank you know the Grammys are like black people rappers thank thank people no they were able to and thank so people. when they were able to go up there and thank people and Rico didn't get no love. I could see how he could feel slightly salty about that. Well, he felt salty, one, because the music that they were putting out, people weren't receiving it. They weren't liking it. Jimmy Iovine was like, no, you need to make another waterfall. Absolutely. Um, Go and, chase it. Yeah. And, and, then, and then, two, you know, they were using drugs at the time. It was just, yeah. it was not good. So, to see someone sex, that you... Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, sex, drugs, and rock and roll definitely affected them. But to see a group that you actually put on on the Grammys and you not... Well, y'all was you, in here like, must-see on this kind I gave you your chance. And I taught anybody. you. And I taught you. I didn't take your publishing. Wow. I, I taught you what to do. Yeah. I showed you the ropes. And the fact that I'm not a part of your biggest achievement. Biggest. It's never been done. It sucks. Ever. It sucks. It does suck. But you know, he said, you know, I'm at stank on you right now. Whatever yeah. I need. I love that there's that. no love lost. That's a beautiful thing. I love and, that there's and no it love showed, lost. It showed forgiveness. It was a real story. And it was so beautiful. And to see these people like... I mean, the creators of the Southern Rap Funk sound, because L.A. had a sound, East Coast had a sound, but that Southern Rap Funk, like, Big Crit, I there would be no Big Crit. There would be no Luda. There, there would be, be no, no St. Lunatics. There no, would be no, no, no Nelly. No, no, no. There would be no, 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 no. Master P. None of that. None no. of that. They started, but, uh, so, if you haven't seen it, you need to go, oh my god, it's on Netflix. You gotta see it. It's bomb. It's yeah. everything. And also, um, as speaking of documentaries, Okay. Uh, You guys, I I have been ignorant of this rape culture going on on college campuses. Now, I went to school for just a year. It wasn't my, you know, prerogative, so I left. Um, I am a beauty school dropout. And so I just did not know. I wasn't on campus, I guess, long enough to know. And I don't, you know, I'm not in school. Right. But apparently, the stats, Dory, are alarming. 
as far as how many sexual assaults go down at these schools. Yeah. Especially That's very common. No, it's it's just like, yeah, like, yeah, they rape. Just like they get degrees. Like, it's just like, that's just what happens. Yeah. And, like, the one fact that I want to point out is SAE, which I don't know if you remember, back right before Thanksgiving when I showed you the video, those were the right fraternities that got caught in saying there would never be an N-word at SAE. They also they are known... fraternity on my college campus, SAE. Yeah, and they're I also known... They're also known as sexual assault expected. Uh, what is the name of this documentary? It's called The Hunting Ground. And so what happened is they were showing like how this is happening during it. Like it brought tears to my eyes. There were girls. There was a girl at Harvard that she got drunk and her and her friend ended up falling asleep. She wakes up. A man is on top of her putting his hand. A man who she knew. I mean like. A homie, like yeah. somebody that she kicked it with. They all came home together, and she looks over, and the girl is naked. She said, how did she get naked? He said, I did that. Yeah. And he fondles her breasts, her yeah. naked breasts. Then he inserts his finger in the girl's vagina. She goes to the dean of students, and she says, the dean says, well, did you, what did, were you drunk? Did you fight back? Like, they, they, they're in turn, like, trying to make this woman who's a victim, like, they're the perpetrator, like, it's her fault. Oh, yeah. That the boy gets expelled, which was, uh, like, unheard of. She was like, oh, my God, I didn't think that was going to happen. Thank God. He appeals it. They let him back in the school. That's crazy. There, in Stanford, between 2009 and 2013, there were 258 sexual assaults reported, only one expulsion. It's not surprising. In University of Virginia, there was over 200 also reported. None were expelled, but yet they had 185 expelled for cheating on tests. So you can cheat on a test, but raping somebody, it's like, if you rape somebody, it's like, yeah, but cheating on a test, it's like, oh my God, it's unacceptable. Yeah. So that was just crazy to me, guys, like, that this is going on, and there were two women that this happened to at the University of North Carolina. This girl, within two weeks of her starting school, she was raped. Her head, she was took uh, taken into a, a bathroom and head was banged against the tile, knocked unconsciously, raped. And there was another guy, famous guy, uh, Jameis Winston. I don't know who that is. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. He took Florida State University to the championship in 2013, first round in NFL draft. The girl was telling the story of how this happened, and he was like, oh, she's lying. All of the school protected him. And then it came out that other girls were sexually assaulted by him. And when they did interviews with people, they were like, oh, yeah, Jameis Christ, Jameis Christ. That's, he was like the savior, the messiah of this school. And the girls were giving interviews was like, yeah, this girl who's a liar just tried to take him down, you know, and she's a liar. He wouldn't rape anybody. And it's just like, it's crazy because it's like, they're depending on alumni dollars. And then they can't, they can't show a video like, yes, come to Harvard. We're one out of four women. Get raped every day. Please give us your money. It's crazy. You guys need to see this and educate yourselves. And shout out to um, Abby and Anna who has started um, research and found out what our rights are and the I-9 and how we have the right to have the same experience and not be sexually assaulted just as our male counterparts. They talked about males being raped and how they can't even do stats on males being raped because you're a male and, you know, it's perceived it's supposed to be hard and this, this, and that. So males don't even come forward. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, I know that a lot of men don't come forward just because they don't want to be embarrassed about it. You guys have to see this. Yeah, check it out. It sounds, it's, 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 it sounds it's interesting. Crazy. It's, it's crazy. It was very interesting. I, I couldn't I like couldn't take my eyes off. I was glued, but yeah. Well, in other heavy news, I'm not going to touch too much much on this, but uh, mm-hmm. the terrorist attacks that have been happening. Oh my God. So we all know about Brussels, but right, um, which is extremely sad. You know, pray for those people in Belgium. That's mm-hmm. horrible. Um, I just found out today at work that there was a terrorist attack in the Ivory Coast. But you found out today, but when did it happen? March 13th. Before Brussels. But Ivory Coast is black. Yes. So that's not shocking. I mean, for me, it's just like something happened in Turkey too, which, you know, I was going to make this a black thing. But when I was researching that having, uh, 
when I was researching the terrorist attack that happened in the Ivory Coast, I saw that all these other terrorist attacks happened. And I'm just like, why isn't this in the media? Why isn't this just as important? And they're all said to be like um, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, Islamic Muslim attacks. Mm. And I'm just like, why is Belgium, you know, so thrown in our face? Right. And we're not talking about the Ivory Coast. 13 people died. Um, I think it was a, a shooting at a like a bar, right? It was so a shooting video? at uh, I want to say it's like a hotel. It was okay. a hotel that's on the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, Twenty-two people were dead. Wow. A lot of people injured. And it's a tourism city, too. So it was like yeah. a, a, a lot of people that were hurt. And, and then that hurts their money, too. It hurts their money, money. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ivory Coast is the, bit, uh, the largest producer of cocoa. Cocoa butter. Cocoa. Oh, our co- cocoa. Cocoa. Oh, not, not chocolate. Cocoa. No, cocoa. No, I need for my edges. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all can't over here. I'm in love with the cocoa. Yeah, Y'all yeah. Y'all can't be over here just. They're the world's biggest producer of the cocoa. Wow. Clapped. Well, we'll be praying. Prayers for Brussels. Prayer, prayers for Turkey. Prayers for the Ivory Coast. Prayers for the world, y'all. It's who is is if there's ever been a time to pray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in ratchet news, okay, I got one more thing. One more deep. One more deep. Okay. Home Carson. This. Oh, I'm gonna say the N word. Call myself. Yeah. Okay, um, Ben, but for uh, for the sake of this episode, we're going to call him Coon Carson. Um, so as you guys know, he was running for a presidential candidate. Um, he's the biggest coon in America. I'm going to get a shirt made. Um, he's horrendous. He said that we wanted to be enslaved. Um, and also, he was on The View defending Trump. This is a black man, by the way. Well, we know he's endorsing him. Like, we... But he was on there, and Whoopi was like, well, what about him being a racist, calling Mexicans rapists? He was like, well, we need to just get to the issues. The thing is, you have the left side, and you have the right side. Like, just dancing around the issues. And Raven is like, well, what is he thinking? Like, what? Like everybody is throwing out stats like that this man has said. And he just literally can't defend him. Trump then, you know, in true um, Trumpler style, because he is Trump and Hitler, in true Trumpler style, he goes on... Um, excuse me, on Twitter on this rant. And then he says, the View TV show, which is failing so badly that it will be soon taken off the air, is constantly asking me to go on. I tell them no. And then he says, they're all brain-dead puppets with skeletons in their closet. Oh, wow. I say you go on and destroy them all, a dead show. Lastly, he says, explain how the women on The View, which is a total disaster since the great Barbara Walters left, a white woman, ever got their jobs. ABC is wasting time. He is such a racist. So it's this ridiculous. is just, you guys just need to go vote. Like, this is just basically. Please like, register to vote. If you don't want Trumpler running the country, just please go and what? Vote. Please. So please. that's it for uh, the deepness. But uh, on to Ratchet News. On to Ratchet Current Events. Right. This love and hip-hop oh. New York reunion. Oh, God. Oh. So, I mean, is an idiot. Oh, where do you want to start? Before we okay. get to go ahead. Go ahead. Let's go. That go tragedy. I was okay, that tragedy. I was too hyped. Um, I love me some Cardi B. It was so funny. I love Cardi B. That she checked that girl that was in the audience that hated on her in her early years, her yeah. stripper years. And she was like, what are you doing here? Why are you here? You know you hated on me. You know you said I wasn't going to be nothing but a stripper. Mm-hmm. But you really gonna come to a taping of the reunion? And she said, and what are you doing? Watching me. Like, you're watching me. Like, but why would you even, like, allow yourself to be seen? Because people, I don't know why people throw stones and want to hide their hands. Like, you just over here, like. Oh, no, she wasn't hiding her hands. She was there, like, look at me, look at me. Like, they was gonna be cool. Like, yeah, I know you. But you fake. No, no, no. I know you because you was dissing me. Not because we friends. But, like, the, the nerve of you to come to the show. Like, and you think I ain't gonna remember you, bruh? Oh, my God. On to, um, the, who's the, who's the removing the fat? She removed too much fat from her stomach to her butt. Riley. Rashida. She was coming at Yandy so hard, and I feel like she was because she knew Yandy was about to like knucking and bucking and be yeah, ready she to fight. Was. Yeah, I think she did that. She wasn't coming, gonna come at Mo like that, or you know, no, Lexi, no, 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 like, no, no, no. or Remy. No, Remy would have put them hands. Yeah, and I 
feel like she was doing the most. She was like, you a fake being whoop whoop whoop. Like, are we 12 years old at the monkey bars? Like, she was so jealous of this relationship that Yandy had with Remy. Whatever new friends Remy makes, and Remy should. She's been in jail for six years. Yeah. She's trying to get back on top. She needs to make new relationships. She doesn't know how this, this music industry has totally changed since she's been in jail. Yeah. Why shouldn't she be friends with Yandy? Why are you stupid? I feel like Riley is just jealous of Yandy. Yeah. I think that's all that is. And I feel like Rob just can't take, like, that Yandy is out here protecting her brand. Like, I mean, she can say whatever about her being fake and not, you know, admitting to the fact that her and, I guess, Yandy's, one of Yandy's good friends has, like, an issue or whatever. But, one, that doesn't have anything to do with Yandy. And, two, Yandy is not doing anything that is going to hurt her brand. But not only that, you're not her homie like that. To be like, you know we got beef and woo dee woo woo If y'all got beef, that's y'all business. Like, what what, do you, what am I supposed to do? Like, fight. Make sure, like, fight. You, like, what well, Rod is saying that you can identify that we have beef. But this is, <coughs> Yandy is one a public figure, too. She's not going to do, she's a family woman. Like, yeah, she's, she's a wife married, and a mother. Yeah, yeah, she's a wife and a mother. She's, she's married. Like, she's not about to be out here. She has a husband that's on his way with you. She's not gonna go back and forth with you. Right, but she has a husband about to do an eight-year bid. Like, she got so much on her plate. Like, girl, Yandy is always at work. She's always at work. work. I think that's what it boils down to. She's always at work. So she's not about to mess up her money. Yeah. As Cardi B would say. Just to like look quote unquote real and not be fake she's not about to do that absolutely not she's not about to compromise anything that has that could potentially hurt her family hurt her pockets or her money yeah for her kids she got four yeah let's get into dumb and dumber amina and tara are the worst tara shonda that is her name and i will refer to her as that in the rest of this episode Shonda. Butterfly and Tara Shonda <laughs> are the worst. Uh, the, uh, no, I thought that I've seen bad. I thought that I've seen like really, really bad. But they are like the bottom of the barrel. Let me start with this. Go ahead, D. I was so proud of Amina when she aborted that baby. And when she said that she aborted the baby because her and Peter were not on good terms. Yeah. So why, even though she wanted to have another baby, I mean, she is this man's wife. She loves him. Why wouldn't she have a baby? Why wouldn't she want to have a baby by someone she loves? But she made a smart decision. We are not in the place to have a baby. We're not... We're not equally yoked right now. Right, because he's acting like a goddamn fool. You saw... So, I don't need to have a baby with you. I was so proud of her. I've never been more proud of a meat and butterfly. I I felt like she was a butterfly. Okay? (laughs) I felt like she had... You said the caterpillar. Yeah, the caterpillar has has blossomed. What is it? Metamorphosis? Had a metamorphosis. She had turned into a butterfly. She she had turned into that butterfly and flew away and and was just I was so proud. Coming into her all. I felt like she was strong until Monday. I know when she walked into Planned Parenthood, they was like, Yes! Well, don't be no fool. Until Monday. I was I was so disappointed and you can just so gosh, y'all, I mean it's just so much. So, y'all, Tara's over here, you know, sitting, you know, good and pregnant. And so, she talks about how, you know, makes comments about, you know, everything that happens to her body. Like, Peter's the first to know. And, you know, and she took a plan B when she thought that she was pregnant. But, you know, it didn't work. And she still wants to have this baby. Girl. So, then Nina Parker, the host, says, well, you know, Amina, how do you feel knowing that, you know, Tara will be the last one, you know, to have his baby? And she said, well, you know, he won't. And they said, what? And she said, in true Amina Butterfly style, because I'm having his baby. Amina Caterpillar. Amina Caterpillar. Oh, she's no longer a butterfly. No. She's back to a caterpillar, you guys. She is. This is the second time she's announced a pregnancy on the Love and Hip Hop reunion. I think she's just going to make this a, just an annual thing. And she, she got up and showed her stomach and, she, and basically said, she's having this baby like... Tara's not going to be the last one to have this baby. Like, I'm going to have his baby. Like, it's a competition. Like, these children, these are people. 
people. These are people's lives. They're gonna have to watch this one day. Oh God. Oh, do I even think about that? They're gonna oh, have God. to watch this one. Day. Oh my God. And it's like, oh yeah, sister. You know, you were born because my mama was like, uh uh-uh. uh. Because at Remy's wedding, Peter was like, well, I'm about to snip, snip my testes. And she was like, not after. She was like. Not before I get my baby. She said, you you mean the last the last baby you going to have is with Tyler and not with me? She the said, last? I'm the one that's supposed to be pregnant. Excuse me? Like, it's a competition. Oh, my oh God. I'm, I hate when she talks and cries. Oh, my God. Because that accent comes out. She just sounds uh, just like a mouse. I just hate it. But. Basically, y'all, she's out here just having this baby basically because Tara is pregnant. And Tara's looking like, girl, what? But the thing is, I do feel like Tara feels like she has entitlement to Peter because they've been together for all that whole time. And no matter the fact that her and Amina is married, she doesn't have to respect that, which is effed up. I honestly want them to get off this show because it's just it's too much. <laughs> like, it's, it's not even, like, laughable anymore. Yeah, it's it's sad. just sad. Like, yeah. y'all having babies. Yeah. Tara, you're having baby with a married man. Despite however you think Amina entered this relationship, there was no rules. He's no, married he now. He's married. By the state of New York, yes. He's married to this woman, and you think it's okay for you to be having a baby because... You were with him first. And then Amina, you're like, "Uh uh-uh, oh, hell no. Side chick is not about to be the last to have your baby, so I'm going to get pregnant. So y'all just stupid, sitting on these couches both pregnant Sucking on stupid, sipping on dumb, as your mother would say, acting like a nick and poot. A nick and poot. And you you guys are doing this with children. Y'all are doing this with cars, with things, with food. You were just like, we're just, oh, you have a baby? I have a baby. You know what this though? To go back to what we was talking about, this is all about the success and doing things for money. You know that Tara didn't miss that reunion show at nine months pregnant because she had to get that check. This is but true. you're nine months pregnant. You really about to raise your blood pe- pressure? <laughs> you could have had that baby on that stage. And Absolutely. Then, um, Amina, you know they were like, oh, can you please reveal your pregnancy? We will pay you more. So y'all like selling out, looking straight stupid. Bringing in these innocent babies that did not have to ask to be here. What's so funny is when, 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 when Amina announced that she was pregnant, Peter's look was of disdain. <laughs> he was not gleefully he was not like happy in bliss it's just a mess oh it's so bad but you know all it's we just, can do is love and coon hop but uh, let's you know moving on moving moving on just just, just pray for them yeah just pray for them just we'll go to church and we're gonna pray for these you know what i forgot to ask you what how was your week my week was great. Um, I did get paid today, um, but it's okay because my job is a resource. God is a source. Okay. So um, what happened was I was supposed to get a new car today because, y'all, I'm trying to do better with my money and saving. And me and Dorian have some trips coming up, and I definitely want to see America the Beautiful this summer. Like, I really want to travel every, every weekend and go somewhere. So I've been saving my money, and I'm like, I want to have two separate cards. Bottom line, my car didn't come today. Um, y'all gets real out here in New York. Nobody plays with rent. My landlady was like, your car didn't come. Well, guess what? Neither is this key. Give it back. <laughs> and I will be at Dorian's house on his couch. She seriously asked for the key back? No, I'm saying she would. Oh, okay. This is how it is out here. Nobody cares. Yeah. And the weather is nice. She's like, you can sleep outside. It's fine. 70 degrees today. They're playing R. Kelly, Step in the Name of Love. Yeah. Everybody is litty over here. It's very litty. So I call, I told the accountant in my uh, department, I said, you have to call my landlady. Yeah. And I called my lattice, my my, my landlady lattice, she just got back from DR. She was out there at the salsa clubs eating pastelitos on the drink, drinking some fresh coconut water. She, she spent all her skrilla. Up. She, she turned up. She said, I need my sweaty. Yes. So she talked to my landlady. Everything's good. I ain't moving in with Dorian this week. I mean, I don't know. We don't know what the future holds in New York. You know what, though? It's so crazy that in New York, you actually are like, well, I'm going to let you talk to the people at my job because I really need to live here. It's not a game because she would not believe me. And then I told, as she's talking to my landlady, I said, tell her your email her. Your email her the tracking number. (laughs) I'm dead serious. Like, I would be in these what streets. That is crazy. But on to uh, the dip of the day. Me how my week was. Oh my bad, my bad, love, my so, bad. So she is all about herself, y'all. Oh no, don't say that. All about herself. Joy, I ain't gonna say your middle name, Brown. How was your week? It was good. I had my grad school, after the uh, 
Well, I turned in my grad school application a few weeks ago, and then I was mm-hmm. invited back for an interview, which is like the last process of the application. Mm-hmm. Um, I had that on Monday. It was good, but I felt, uh, I don't want to say not prepared, but it was just very, 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 very weird. I feel like, I just felt like when I'm, this is going to sound crazy, but I know somebody would be able to resonate with this. Mm-hmm. So the lady that was interviewing me, she was really old and white. And when you're on an interview, you try to make like a connection. So it's not like the person like just asking you questions and you're answering. You want to have a conversation. Right. So it like flows. I felt like me and her, it just, there was no connecting. Okay. And I feel like a lot of times when I'm talking to like really old white people that um, I'm not white people ready. I think young white people feel that way about old white people. Like it's just a different era. And I get what you say, white people ready. I use the term America's black friend um, to be like safe black. You know, we have to, I mean, as black people and just uh, black people and Spanish people, we have to like be conscious of our surroundings. Like I've been at events where it's just three of us and I've laughed too loud and well, not too loud, but that a black person came up and was like, now, you know, it's just three of us sitting here. Yeah. You know? And it's sad that, you know, we feel we have to turn. Now I'm over that. I mean, but, you know, it was at a point where it got to be like, okay, don't want to, you know, disrupt the white folks. You know? And it's just like, be safe. But it's like, no, I'm going to be me because you loud too. But just because my skin color is different, now I'm labeled. No, we're not doing that. But I definitely can see how you can feel that way or it can feel like intimidating also because she's old. And then it was an interview. I think it was the mix of it being an interview I really want to get into this school um I said she was old already right? yeah and that she was like white yeah so it was just kind of like oh my god like I don't want to be too much um am I dressed right like yeah um is she gonna like not is she not talking to me because she doesn't like me um am I doing too much like I was you know like trying to like talk about the weather and stuff and she's just like yeah you know thank god it's warming up (laughs) she wasn't giving me anything I think that might not be because of your skin tone that might just be anybody like that might just be her thing she's 80 and interviewing people like she's tired that could be true you know like but I definitely can see how, how that is kind of like a thing, like, you know, for you to feel that way. And you really want something. Even if she was black and older, it's like, I really want this. Like, I really want to get into school. You have plans that you want to do and, you know, moving forward and plans for our community and moving us forward as a people. So I definitely can see how that can be, like, strenuous or, like, you know, stressful for you. But what's for you is for you. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If you only if if she only asked you one question, you answered it and then left. If it's for you, it's for you. That's it. Yeah, I just I, I want her to remember me, and I feel like you're black. She will remember you. <laughs> you're right. Moving on. <laughs> the dip of the day. Dip of the day means what, Dory? For the people. Deep Instagram posts. This one is real simple. It says, "Never take advice from me. You'll end up hoeing." Hey, <laughs> that's real in a lot of cases. Woo! So that's basically was a pip pip hooray. Hey, get your money while you bullshit. So um, for that, for that, we thank you for your honesty. I think that was a uh, very expositional. Well, what's good, good in the hood this week? Good in the hood. And whatever hood you represent. In the I know it's a lot of bad out there, but guess what? It's a lot of good too. So today's good in the hood. My dad works at Compton Centennial High School in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and he started um, Thai Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. And Thai Tuesday is basically to get students to understand that their appearance matters out in the world. Mm-hmm. There's a certain type of way of dress you need to have. Um, that will present an opportunity. So basically, he's just teaching them about, you know, wearing slacks, wearing a tie. Like, there's a time and a place for everything. And, you know, sometimes you need to look right. You need to dress the part. 
And what school is this at? This is at Compton Centennial. I said that already. And um, what? So this segment that we're introducing, um, it kind of like was birthed last week. But what is Good in the Hood? It's good in the Hood is basically we want to highlight uh, what's going on in areas that you don't really hear the good things happening. You always hear the bad things happening. So Compton is um, uh, urban neighborhood. You always hear about either. Some rapper coming out of Compton, or you hear about shootings in Compton. It's you don't notoriously hear, known for gangs. Yes, yeah, notoriously known for gangs. You don't really hear about things like Tide Tuesday, or you don't hear about um, them building libraries in Compton and doing amazing things. So we just want to shine light on the good that's happening in the hood. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Awesome. And if you know some good in the hood, please hashtag ATCW good in the hood. And yes. we'll definitely post it. Or you can email us, ATCWDX at gmail.com. We would love to hear about good in the hood going on everywhere, all over the world. There's yes. hoods everywhere. Hood to hood. Everywhere. Um, there's another one also. What you got? Akila Johnson, the Doodle for Google winner. Yeah. She's from Black Girl Magic. Yeah, she drew an amazing picture. It was like a black girl with like a cornrow, a braid, and it had um, all of these different images that represents her. Uh, she's from D.C., Eastern High School, and yeah, she won like a scholarship. They gave her, you know, Google gave, gave her some money. Um, her design was all over Google. Yeah. It was dope. It went like, it like crash the internet and everything yes. like that so black girls ain't taking no losses black girls rock black girls rock and black girl magic so that's awesome also um if you guys get a chance you should go on essence they're doing a black girl magic series where they're highlighting six black girls and their stories that are doing amazing awesome things in their community and for the world so please check that out and support support your fellow black girl yes yes yes, yes. so today we're going to talk about how to balance work and play. Because it's so hard in this city, New York the City. In the in and the why. It is so hard, you guys. <clears throat> so I think we need to, what, what is work and what is play, Dory? What do you feel, what is work, what is play? So I feel like work <laughs> is how you, uh, it's your livelihood. It's how you make your money. It's mm-hmm. what keeps you afloat. Um, you spend, I feel like, most of your time working. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you should enjoy it. Um, but I feel like here in New York City, work is so important because the city is so expensive mm-hmm. that people kind of get lost and just work, 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 work. Like Rihanna. Yeah, 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 yeah. Work, 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 work. I love that song. Me too. Um, that it's hard to balance the play. Like you either see the people that uh, play too much or they work too much. Could work be play? I mean, if you enjoy your job. Okay. I think some people are good at balancing that. Okay. And that comes with, like, being able to manage your time, which mm-hmm. I found in New York City, um, time is definitely of the essence. You cannot waste these New York minutes because... They I mean, go faster than any other place A minute here America. is, like, 30 seconds. No, yeah. A minute here is, like, 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I just feel that... Um, it's like dog years. Yeah, I just feel like... Um, it's very important to learn how to manage your time here. And um, I, I, I agree with Dory as far as what work is. I feel work could be play if you really enjoy it. Um, I feel um, one, one way to balance uh, the work and the play for entrepreneurs, because mm-hmm. Dory and I are both entrepreneurs. Yes. Um, I feel that when, when I first moved to New York, y'all, I first of all, y'all know how I got here, $8 in a suitcase. Follow me on IG. Um, I was like, literally got caught up in the rat race because I didn't have a savings. I didn't have a plan. I knew nobody here. So I would like do play or do like what I felt I should be doing. Like I originally came here to do theater here and there, like in spurts. But my thing was like, X, you got to get this money because y'all know I was moving so much. So it was like, okay, yeah, this audition, but I'm going to be in these streets. Dory wasn't here. I had no family here. My friend Larry was on tour. Like, it was nobody here. It was like, X, like, fend for yourself. So I definitely now, being here my third year, I've gotten a groove. I know how to do New York, and I know how the system works. And because my faith is also so high, too, I know that I'll be okay. And it helps that my support system is here, like Dory, you know, and I've met people and uh, created a support system here. But... I I am far more committed to my dream and my entrepreneurship than I am this nine to five. And I think that that's where I got it messed up. 
I, I Dory will always say that like X, you don't have to take the extra shift. You don't have to cover somebody. You don't have to do the OT if they ask you. No. And I felt obligated because I was so scared of not having money, of not having enough. And it was like, I'm too tired to play. I'm too tired to work on my entrepreneur stuff because I'm here at this job. And now since I've learned to say no, like somebody just asked me to take a shift on Sunday. No, I'm not, you know? And it's like, somebody asked me to do something today. It's like, I can't, like, I have to record, like, you know, and I feel like whatever it is, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're an entrepreneur, stay far more committed to that than your nine to five. Like you're just your regular old nine to five. Absolutely. I think that's very, 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 very important. And I feel that, um, the lines do get crossed here because it's so expensive to live here that people are like, if I don't commit to my job, I'm not going to have one. Mm. Even if they are pursuing something else. Right. Or even if they're pursuing that job, but they want to move up. I feel like people put so much into their job because they're people are fearful here of not having a job. Like when people tell me they don't have a job in New York city, I'm like, how? How do you not have not one job? How do you not have an income? Your dad has to be Bill Gates. Like, it's so expensive. Yeah, it is. I work at, like, a really, like, big known magazine publication that owns, like, a lot of publications. And when I saw them yesterday, I was like, oh, y'all taking off tomorrow? They was like, no, we actually have to stay later. I'm going to, I want to stay late. Like, people come in, don't have to be at work till 10 where I work. They come in at 7. It is common for you to hear about somebody working 80 hours a week in New York City. And it's like, and that's just what we do. And the thing is, we work hard, but we party hard. Like we, 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 we do enjoy ourselves out here. But you know what? I, another thing that I've realized about time and um, actually like appreciating it in New York City is that with any type of relationship, you actually have to plan for it here. Like I yeah, felt like when I lived true. in Los Angeles, it was so easy to like just go over to your friend's house and chill and y'all just kicking it. Like I feel like even with me and you and we're close, we're best friends. Like we have to plan like, okay, um, we're going to meet up for brunch this day. And it'll be like two weeks in advance, but you have to do that because your life is so scheduled out here. I feel like in other cities, it doesn't have to be as scheduled and like there's people that have uh moved to new york that i knew in la and we were really good friends in la and i've never seen them and some of them live in brooklyn some of them live in bedside and i never see them and i think it's because everyone's on their own accord everyone's moving and shaking and doing what they have to do yeah Yeah, you're serving your own way that you it's it's no way like you're not even thinking about hooking up with one of your friends and it's not personal. Like, I had to tell people when they come visit uh, us from L.A., I'm like, no, you have to meet me at work. Yeah. You want me, first of all, I work, I'm working in the city. You're staying in Harlem. Like, if we need to meet mid-city, and then, mind you, I have a catering gig tomorrow at 7 a.m. They got to be a, f- like, no, I'm not, you know, like, that's the thing. It's like, in L.A., it's so go with the flow. And I feel like probably in most other places, it's like, okay, well, you know, well, we'll see what happens. We just, it's like, no, 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 what time? Because I have to be here, and I have to go here, and I got to do this. And um, another thing, what I want to say is, whatever your nine to five is, that's not your dream. It might not. If it's not your dream, keep that mindset. Like this is my nine to five. This is not my dream. And I go to jams late at night, and people be like, "Oh my God, X, you got to get up at four a.m. You about to leave the theater? It's two a.m." I said, "Cause I be darned to work eight hours for a man that I've never seen, probably never will see." where I'm expendable and not put in just as much hours, if not more, and what I came to New York to do. When you come to New York here, you come here to do something, to achieve something. Yeah. And you got to put in all the hours every single day to achieve that. If you want the crown, you got to take it. I struggle with that, and I know it's a lot of other New Yorkers that struggle with that too. People that have moved here, and maybe your dream wasn't as clear, but you knew you were purposed for something greater than just working a nine-to-five basic-ass job. Me too. So, um... You know, you're like, "Uh, I have this job. I like what I'm doing or I don't like what I'm doing, but I want to do something else. But when you come home from work, you'll be hella tired. And it's hard to open up your computer and work on what you actually are interested in. But let me tell you, you better do it. And the thing is, uh, I feel like you should make a declaration. Like, I have a declaration on my... 
a door that I read every morning and I read it to remind myself like ask why are you in New York what are you supposed to be doing I have don't be paralyzed by fear like staple like on my window like it's taped there like don't get caught up in the hustle X because I did that for two years Dory like yeah, I got you're really bad at that I got caught up in the hustle y'all I was working crazy hours sometimes X would take everyone's shift like it was crazy <laughs> like I would be like why are you taking her shift she was like oh well because I gotta pay for this and this and da 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 this and I'm just like but you don't have to take her shift though why don't you just budget your money yeah and I think people get so scared of like getting down to zero dollars which I mean everyone should but Mm -hmm. you gotta think about the risk that you took to move here yeah so if you're thinking about that risk you came here with eighty dollars so you working salary shift gonna give you eighty dollars like you know how to live off eighty dollars you don't need her eighty to give you one sixty I don't you don't need that yeah and another thing too, y'all don't how to balance the work and the play is just don't get comfortable. You can't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable. And I, I'm so appreciative. God is so funny. Every time I got comfortable in a living situation, like I literally would buy like a lamp or something, like try to make it feel homey. Something would happen to where I had to move. Cause he like, oh okay, so you about to be chilling. Like, because I'm always like and that's the thing, there's so many blessings that come outside of being that come with being outside of your comfort zone. Like, I don't need faith for what I already know. Yeah. I don't need that. Like, even sitting here with Dorian, like, I'm scared every time I do this show. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you know, I'm making mistakes along the way. There's critics. There's judgment. There's you doing this wrong. There's all of that that, you know, which in turn I have to take on and, you know, deal with and learn from. But that's scary. You know, putting that out there. So, I feel like some people, I know I definitely got comfortable at a few jobs, like, going through this motion. And it's like, but this is not why I'm here. This is not why I'm in New York. This is not why I'm dealing with this negative two-degree weather. This is not why I'm 3,000 miles away from my mom. I'll say, um, because I've had a lot of jobs since I've been living in New York, too. And I think I've had so many jobs because every single time I would get a job, it was always because I'm a firm believer. I'm not going to go backwards. I'm going forward. So I'm always making more money, right? Right. And every single time I would sit in that little cushion of money like, oh, this is, I'm making more than the last job, I would get lazy. And I wouldn't work on, I wouldn't work on my writing or I wouldn't do things that interest me. I literally, like, would come home and sleep or go out or just... I wouldn't do anything to make, um, like, make myself better when it came to, like, personal growth. Right. Like, I would just be... I would come home, sit down, watch TV, and go do the same thing the next day. Like, I would be living in a routine. And for whatever reason, like, I would lose the job. And, like, before I moved to New York, I had never been fired in my life. Mm -hmm. I haven't been fired here, but I've either, like, walked out on the job. Don't do that, y'all. Or... That's that. Oh, we got to tell that story another day. I've either walked out on a job or I almost two-piece our manager. <laughs> I've either walked out on a job or I've, I've been let go. And I think that's, um, like you said, that the reason for that is because you get comfortable. And I think mm-hmm. I didn't move here to get comfortable. So nah. I think that's God's way of showing me, like, oh, you want to sit in this? But, and you know what's so funny is that when it does happen, like, as much as you and I get tired, we are so blessed, Dory. We yeah. are so blessed to have something to provide literally bread and butter. Like, we can purchase bread and butter. Yeah. Although I'm not eating butter, but I could if I wanted to. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you know, now I'm about to start my classes again. I got an internship and a scholarship. And there's something on Instagram floating around that you and I both posted. Like, I can't complain about having a lot on my table when the goal was to eat. Right. Like, I have a scholarship. I have an internship. I'm about to apply for another yoga internship because I can't afford to pay $125 a month for yoga. But I need to start working out. You know, so I'm going to have two internships going. We're going to have a Tribe Called West going. And, y'all, I be falling asleep on the train. I be, like, like dead serious. I be putting my hand through my backpack holding it so I don't fake lose my computer again. <laughs> and no. to hold it because I be dozing off. And that's how I be getting my rest lately. Like just dozing off. Like and like I, I dozed off right before I came here to, to record. And like, what am I tell Dory? I'm tired. 
I can't record. I'm, I'm tired. Always tired here. Dory asked me to get her some coffee. She and I don't even drink coffee, y'all. But I've been drinking coffee. Since I got this new job, I've been drinking coffee. And I know we gotta do stuff for a tribe called West. Um You got bats. I got bats. I just have you know, you have to get on the phone and talk to your family. Like you can't oh. neglect the things that you're you actually love in life. By the way, Bats is black and 20-something. Yeah. Just so y'all know. Yeah. We might have a brand new listener on this episode. Right. I'm still rocking with that. And it's just like... You got your applying for your master's. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, is that, Dory, stuff is always going to be going. And and as more, as we get more efficient and as we grow our brand and and we're so excited that we have people growing with us. Yes. Giving an amazing feedback. We love y'all so much. More and more stuff's going to happen. More and more stuff's going to happen. Tribe Call West, we're going to have tour dates. We're going to have live shows we gonna have you know it's gonna be more and more things so it's like let's i i'd rather get accustomed to this now and and rest in this and in, in this blessing than resist it that's yeah. another thing when y'all get blessed and y'all start working and being able to play and being able to balance that that may get shifted sometimes you work more than you play i don't suggest playing more than you work <laughs> even because even when you get to the top, you gotta stay there. <laughs> I'll say there's seasons for everything. They're gonna be there's gonna be times like you said where you have to work more yes. just simply because you need to get to the next level. Right, the tribe called West. We yeah. have to be disciplined. Yeah, we have to be disciplined because there's goals that we've set for ourselves. Absolutely. But do not uh, neglect the things that make you happy because if you just focus on the work, 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 and you don't do anything that you know makes you happy you're not going to be able to put out the best work yeah and no one's going to want your content no one's going to want your content if you're painting if you're making a pottery if you're designing software no one's going to want it you're not going to be happy like i don't like happy people work well like yeah, happy yeah, people yeah. do great things like you know it's like if Keeping their like happy wife, happy life. If you keep your employees happy, this whole ship runs properly. And for anyone that's you know kind of like going through what we're talking about right now, this is what I'll tell you to do. If you're that person that's at work that doesn't go to lunch because you have to do work and you feel like you're behind, or you're the person that's always taking work home, I would say stop mm. because it's if you always are doing that, you're not going to like your job ever because you're overworking yourself Mm -hmm. you got to realize i'm not saying um don't you know like miss deadlines absolutely not Uh -uh. but don't do it all the time like don't feel like you have to stay ahead all the time it's always going to be work that needs to be done absolutely there's always going to be work that needs to be done what i recommend you to do is like get a planner or something kind of set out realistic goals for yourself and meet your goals but if you don't meet your goals instead of taking that work home write out what uh, needs to be done first like prioritize what you need to um, do uh, when you first get back in the office the next day and get to it yeah especially if it doesn't need to be turned in like as soon as you walk into work don't take it home like you sometimes you gotta just let your brain rest check out yeah Yeah, because i'm that person like i will like literally be like oh my god no brain is a workaholic i will be a workaholic especially when the check is involved because i'm always thinking like oh my god i'm gonna lose a job if i don't get this done and it's like girl she don't need it tomorrow she needs it by the end of the week like Figure out how you can make it happen at work. Figure that out. Don't take it home and be racking your brain. And you're probably working extra slow because your brain is overworked. Like, y'all, we got to stop taking our work home if we absolutely don't have to do it. And the thing is, too, I think that it's important that we see that if you're working hard, you deserve to play. Mm-hmm. You deserve to have a little play. Like, don't sit here and be like, oh, my God, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Like, if you don't have a balance, like, the age of saying, like, all work and no play will make X, you know, a dull girl. Like, go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. Go crazy. No, that was good. That was, that was a nice <laughs> word to play, Dory. Well played. Well played. But, yeah, so... That's our advice for you guys as far as, like, we're not experts. We're not the Van Zant yeah. out here. You know, we're not Joel Osteen's. Well, definitely not him because that bastard endorsed Trump. But anyway. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we hope that that um, 
helped y'all. We hope that helps somebody that's looking to move to New York because the hustle here is definitely not like the hustle in Kansas. You got to hustle extra, extra hard. Hustle for yourself. So on to the roomy report. I have an update from Anonymous DC. From Anonymous DC. Okay, so last week, y'all, we had discussed about this chick. Had a basic situation that I had when I was living in Brooklyn. Um, she's actually friends with the girl. And uh, they were friends first. The girl uh, has... They're both girls. One of the girls has a, uh, a boyfriend. boyfriend. He's over there all the time. But the place is big. And he's always in the room. And I felt that I wouldn't have an issue with that. So... What's happening now, Dory? So, update, update, update. Mm-hmm. The roommate asks if the guy uh, could not be over there when um, the roommate isn't there because she doesn't feel comfortable. Okay. So, the girl is like, I don't know why it even matters. He's in my room. But I actually understand that. Like, she's a woman. He's a man. Absolutely. If I don't want him over here when you're not here, he needs to go home. Absolutely. Come to find out, the girl is uncomfortable and notices that he's there because oh girl don't have a job so she be at home all day wait who don't have a job the one with the, the roommate that's complaining the one or the one that's complaining doesn't the, have a job she okay. doesn't have a job right now um so she's complaining one because he's here you're not here and i have to see him while i'm at home all day right and DC Anonymous is like, okay, but I don't say anything. You be having these lights on, and I got to pay this high-ass electricity bill. The one complaining is the roommate that doesn't have a boyfriend. Right. And who said, and who's the well, one? Well, they both complaining about each other. But. Yeah, but the DC Anonymous is the one who has a job. Yeah, and that's the, has the boyfriend. Okay. DC Anonymous is the one who was like, my roommate is mad at me because my boyfriend's always over. However, she never sees him ever sees him oh cd i had it whole so flipped up i'm sorry y'all this whole time i'm thinking dc anonymous don't have the man i'm thinking dc anonymous don't have the man she's the one with the man yeah she's with the man and she you know she's just like um i brought it up to you because i wanted to see if you would have a problem if you were in a bigger apartment when that right, right, situation right. happened. Okay, so the roommate who's complaining is she doesn't have a boyfriend and she's always at home because she doesn't have a job. So this is so, how she even knows that the boy is there all, all the time. time. So then she's complaining about him being all the time. The DC now is like, but ooh, boo, boo, where your job at? Where your Skrilla? Yeah. Okay, got him. Okay. And like, I'm compromising with you on this high ass electricity bill. I don't say anything. How much is the bill? Did she just? It's like four hundred and something dollars. So I don't say anything about you know what you what you do that irritates me. But you have something to say about my man being over, who never like you know is in your space. You never really have to cross paths with. Um, it's and a I, big apartment. Yeah, it's a big apartment. Um, but I've respected the fact that you don't want him over. I don't allow him to come over as much anymore. He's not there while I'm there, uh, when I'm not there. But you still have something to say. Well, no job Nancy needs to just be quiet. I kind of feel like that, too. You don't have a job. Like, I could put you out. Well, I think she's still paying her rent. She can't like, get her out. Oh, she's still paying her rent? I just feel like $100 Con Edison bill. This is how I feel about the situation. And I'm going I'm to I'm leave it at this. I feel okay. like... Don't complain about anything. And I'm compromising with you. So, if I have my boyfriend over here, we're not bothering you. He's not bothering you. Right. We're friends. It's not like I met you on Craigslist. We're friends. You don't I feel like... Right. It's just out of respect that you should just be cool with like, okay, I'm happy. I have my dude over here. He's not bothering you. He's not like doing anything. Right. He's nothing like the situation I had. Yeah. He's not doing anything to make you feel uncomfortable. If he doesn't have to come over here every day, but if he does come over here, I feel like you shouldn't complain. If I'm not complaining about you keeping all the lights on and not going anywhere for the whole day and I still have to pay half of this high electricity bill. Like, compromise. Right. Don't nitpick at every single little thing that I do, but when it comes to your situation, I say nothing. Yeah. I feel like that's just not fair. Especially when money is involved, like, sis. Like, I could, like, pay this whole thing and be like, okay, so... I just feel like be fair. 
Yeah. I just feel like be fair. Like, not that I'm trying to compare this. Yeah, I'm not going to compare the situation. Like, y'all homies. Come on. Like, I'm looking out for you and all she want to do is have her little boo thing up in here. He don't be drinking your sippy lemonade, eating your ribs, eating your tacos, eating your Pop-Tarts, all up in your soap. You know, like, no, like, when you come in, you see this, and he got all the whole hood up in here, and he using your toothbrush, like, it's other stuff that's like, okay, no, he needs to go. Yeah. But it's like, you ain't pay this high electricity bill. Yeah. And she could sit down with her and be like, you know what, so since I want to pay this, since I'm going to pay this bill, I'd like to know if, if uh you would like to move somewhere else how do you want to do this like i just feel like you got to be fair when it comes yeah. to roommate situations i feel like compromise like no it's not the same thing but if That's i'm not about. saying anything about you being laid up and all the time at home how are you gonna say something about me having my boyfriend over and we don't disturb you at all well so dc anonymous that's what we feel girl we hope y'all work it out i think that that's silly and you over here playing you know con ed and she over here just you know probably got lights on right now it's just you know playing with the lights when it comes to roommate situation compromise that's all that's the best thing that you could do it's like a marriage like i mean it's it's we're living together and if she wants to have all these demands then move out it's it's compromise Mm -hmm. move out i have a new segment Oh, yeah, we have a new segment we're bringing to a child called West. Tell them about it, Dory. This is Dory's baby. West vs. East. Uh-huh. Inspired because I was at brunch last week in Harlem. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like a day party thing. I don't remember the name. They were um, playing music. And out here, I noticed on the East Coast... They be going way too far with the, like, West Indian reggae music. Like, I like dancing to that, too, but, like, 50 songs? Well, because, you know, the culture is so heavy out here. I understand that the culture is so heavy, but Jesus Christ, like, 50 songs, and then you want to shout out every West Indian country? (laughs) Dory, why you mad at them for shouting out Trey? It's just annoying. Like, every party. It's too much. Like, I'm used to being on the West Coast at the end of a party. You know, the reggae hour. The popular reggae songs. No, they want to play every single reggae West Indian song that's ever been created. Well, because they have to know, like, their audience or whatever. I, and it could be a lot for us, but if they were coming to L.A., they'd be like, oh, my God, another Snoop song. Like, no, I feel like we have a good mix. I don't feel like we overdo it. I feel like out here But in they New probably York, would be tired of me hearing, like, American stuff. Like, regular old hip Are you joking? American music is pop culture. I'm talking about West Indian people, like the people that are mainly like a lot of people like that are out here. Like, but we're in America. I feel like that's not like I don't know. I guess, but we also in New York. This is This is what's crazy. Well, Harlem. I don't know where the parties I've been to. They play a lot of African. So it wasn't West. It was African. It was was all that. And the dude gonna say, (laughs) and the guy was like, "Can you please come back?" Uh, No, the guy was like, "Okay, we gonna be back in America soon." And I was. We ain't never left, bro. Where you think you at? And you know what? This is no diss. Like, I enjoy West Indian music and African music and international music. But half the party doesn't need to be... Like, you don't have to play all the whole catalog of that. Yeah, no. Me me and Dory do take a seat. I put my one finger up like I'm in church. Like, I'm going to have to have a seat. Come on. Like, the entire party? Yeah. And it's, this is not a West Indian theme party. It's not a West Indian theme party. And then this is not I also notice this is a West versus East DJ thing. They always want to play. If they play an artist's music, they want to play all the songs by the artist. Like yeah. it'll be like a Beyonce hour, a Jay Z hour, a Drake hour. Yeah. I thought the art of being a good DJ was knowing how to mix. And you being like, whoa, how did he mix that Metro Boomin song with this Pharrell song? Girl, they don't even be doing that now, girl. We could be DJs. The way, like, people don't even, like, most DJs that I know know or know how they do, they produce. And they was, like, putting the mixtapes on. They got the stuff first. Like, no, everybody's just pushing buttons now, D. Like, you could be a DJ with your computer. Like, they don't even be transitioning in and out of stuff or taking this beat and sampling this and... Nobody, they don't, they don't even groove with how's the party moving, like what they feeling. It's like, well, what I feel. 
Like, yeah, that's crazy. That is very, that goes down in New York all the time. It's so annoying. And I am not the only person that feels this way. No, I feel this way too. I'll be like, okay, another, like, we get it. Pataran King, like, otra vez. Like, all the songs? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, you shouted out Trinidad. You shouted out um, Barbados. Barbados. You shouted out all those um, West Indian countries, Caribbean why do you never shout out just DC? Yeah, like <laughs> you play Snoop. It's very rare that they shout out California. Oh my god, very. It's usually a West Coast person that's playing it. Like at uh, Superfine, it'd be like West Coast Fridays. He always bumping Sugar Free and stuff like that. But he's from Pomona. Yeah. So if y'all, you know, if you coming from somewhere else and. You not West Indian, you're not gonna be shouted out. Yeah, and if you like if you like that type of stuff, you know, go to go to Brooklyn or you'll see you'll see it in Harlem and other places like that. But yeah, definitely don't come out here ex- expecting like, you know, a variety all the time. Like, you know, you get lucky with certain places like that, but not all the time. And also, um, we definitely want to shout out the beginning of, of our podcast and also the outro that that you're Going to hear is uh, my friends, Public Awareness. Shout out to Rock and Rachel. We love you so much. They are from the tribe, uh, from Inglewood, right up the street from us. Van is and 111th, I think. Hey. <laughs> and uh, we love you, Rock and Rachel. Um, Rock's been supporting us since day one. She's so sweet. She gives us so much love. She's an amazing person, and she's she's writes for a lot of artists. She's been writing for people like people that are like mega stars now before they was even on like. Bruno Mars was panhandling CDs in front of House of Blues. Like, like that's, that's Rock huge. is amazing. She's a force, and I love her so much because she's taking a break from doing that, her and Rachel, to pursue different endeavors that they feel God has led them to, and they'll get back to the music when they get back to it, you know? But awesome. uh, this is from their um, mixtape, and you can download that on uh, SoundCloud and uh, follow them public awareness on uh, Instagram and follow rock roc dot queen on Instagram and uh, Rachel on Instagram as well and we love you guys we love you guys and uh, please send rumor reports to atcwdx at gmail dot com also please send us your music independent artists we want to um just share your music with the world if you want your music played every week please hit us up yeah H-E-C-W-D-X at gmail.com tag us on um, Instagram if you have a dip of the day deep Instagram post um, one that you think is funny like just just hit us up H-E-C-W-D-X you can also um, send us a East vs. West Coasting if it yes. annoys you if it makes you happy um, like I shared the whole West Indian music 24-7 <laughs> like it's just annoying. That's all I'm saying. But it doesn't have to annoy you. It doesn't. It could be um, something that you like that's different from the East versus West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, just send us that at atcw at gmail.com. ATCWDX. Don't forget that D. ATCWDX at gmail.com. <laughs> there we go. So that's it for this episode. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. Living for today and we're saying Ain't got no time to be complaining I said I'm always on the move I gotta do what I gotta do To keep shining Put your hands in the sky